0: Financial advisor Justin Klein.
1: Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, february fifteenth, twenty twenty three edition of Invest Talk. Appreciate you all tuning in to this hour. And I'm gonna continue my streak with really focusing on another. Another lesson on how to shape your thinking to become more successful at investing. That's what we're all here to do. We're all here to learn something and then take what we're learning and apply it to make more money, to avoid losses, and just to generally become more disciplined with our investing approach. So today I want to focus a bit on biases and everyone has bias in some way, shape or form that's driven by either your surroundings or your upbringing or your human nature. And in the vesting world, because it's so emotional, it's mostly driven by your human nature, your the ebbs and flows of fear and greed. And based on all of those various factors that go into who you are, you're going to have a different bias. Some are more prominent in your decision-making, others less so. For example, if you are generally bearish, Right, you follow accounts on social media that talk about how the market's gonna crash, how terrible things are. I call it bear porn. There's a lot of that out there. Right? Pointing out everything that's wrong with the market, the economy, et cetera, without the counterbalance of pointing out what's good. Okay. So those accounts, those people have a bearish bias. And you may also have a bearish bias, a skeptical bias. And so the first thing you need to do is try to counter that by forcing yourself to look at the positive. The positive of the market, the economy, companies, leaders, etc. So that you're counteracting that bias. And the same thing can happen the other way. We're always optimistic, always think things are, are going to go just fine. And you don't want to pay attention to those negative views because you might tell yourself, Hey, the market always goes up right? buy the dip type of mentality.
2: In that instance, you have to do the
1: opposite. You have to be open to negative outcomes potential outcomes so that you have a more balanced view of really what the market is doing, what sectors are doing, etc. So having that self awareness can go a long way in helping make better decisions consistently. And that goes through anything in life. I think that's maturity, really. That's part of maturing as an adult. Is understanding the things that, you know, you may want to do because you're innately driven to do X, Y, and Z. But history has shown that impulsive decision-making across many parts of your life leads to bad decisions. And so being grounded in reality, and having a balanced view, a balanced lifestyle, having moderation in both your actions and your thinking typically lands you in a more successful place in money, in career, in relationships, friendships, family, etc. So, I wanted to leave, I want to start off with that because I think that's a very important message to send is to have some self awareness. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm here on today's radio show and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategies. And for those who may be new to Invest Talk, let me assure you that I'm always careful to give you my straight and unbiased answer. I have no axe to grind, no agenda. And it will mostly be your questions that drive the direction of today's podcast. I take live calls because I want to hear from you. What are you thinking about right now? So one thing I can say for sure is today's investing situation is different than many people have been used to. And it's a very different investment environment. You've seen that over the past call it year and a half or so. And you're always going to get counter trends, but the general trend of higher inflation Real assets beating intangible assets. Value stocks, generally over growth stocks, etc. So my goal is to help you understand the current environment we're in and how to avoid the pitfalls of this changing market. So I invite your phone calls and questions right now on our anytime listener line at 888 chart. chart I have a lot of material to discuss with you today. One is in regards to the municipal bond market. So we're going to look at where that is after record outflows in 2022 from municipal bond funds. So we're going to look at that. Time permitting, we also are going to touch a bit on where markets have shifted their expectations for Fed rate policy. And also, Blackstone, we're going to go over the B b-reITs and what's happening there, a little update after they gated everybody at the end of last year and the market was down last year, but how did Americans adjust in their 401k or did they at all? So we're going to look at that. And then we have some voice bank questions to play. One is on AOS and the other on MPW. So I've got this all planned for this episode of Invest talk. So most importantly, it's about your live calls though. So eight at chart is the number to get through let's take a look at the market today. It was a pretty positive day. S&P up 11 points. Not a not a big big up day, but certainly green pretty much across the board. You had US uh, broad US market up about 45 basis points, 0.45%. Mid caps nicely up almost 1%, small caps up over 1%. What was interesting was today that the growth side of the market outperformed even though interest rates were higher. Typically, that's uh, they, they are more inverse, right? Interest rates down, more liquidity, and growth stocks tend to underperform. But not today. You had growth stocks and the 10-year up. You had the dollar up as well. So uh, that really hit commodity prices most of all uh, today. But overall, just generally a positive dynamic for the markets so far. You continue to see... Liquidity strong, you don't see credit spreads widening out, uh, nothing is unsettled in the market at this point. So that's why any little sell-off typically comes with a rally, because you haven't really seen a lot of risk-off sentiment. The VIX hasn't really broken out to the upside. In fact, it made uh, fresh lows for the week today. So uh, overall, near term, you've got to remain relatively positive on markets. Now, the stock market is constantly changing, so I'm guessing that you have at least one or two finance and investment questions that you'd like answered. And that's okay with me. That's why I'm ready to take your calls on Invest Talk. You set the agenda. So the phone lines are open now at 888-99-CHART.
3: Get ready for a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Value Investing. Positioning your portfolio. For profitability, relative price, and dividend payments. The Wealth Webinar will be a crash course on how to structure your value portfolios, providing real examples with assessment tools that KPP Financial uses every day to grow clients' wealth. The webinar will be anchored by KPP Financial CEO and Invest Talk host, Justin Klein, and by KPP Financial Portfolio Manager. Luke Guerrero. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Be sure to tell your friends and family members. It's free and you can register now at investtalk.com.
1: One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Hi, this is Kevin from New Jersey, and I'm calling about ticker symbol ORAN it's uh, Orange it's a European phone and data company i own a little bit but i'm interested in picking up some more because the dividend yield has become very attractive and i'm um, just wondering how their fundamentals look and if that dividend
2: is safe thank you all
1: right this is orange this is a european telecom firm both wired and fixed line mainly out of france that's where most of their business is however they do have some business in Poland, Spain, Belgium, Luxembourg, as well as Central Europe, and fifteen percent of its revenues come from emerging African markets. And so, it serves companies with more than fifty uh, uh, employees in France and internationally. So, it's a very well diversified business. However, recently their business has struggled uh, during during COVID. It's starting to recover. Yields 5.3%, I always say. Don't just chase the yield. 5.3% is nice, but it's not, it's not the end-all-be-all. All. Uh, and frankly, this is a good example of how the dividend yield is all over the place. Pay, and, and a lot of this is because of currency fluctuations. Remember that. If the dollar is down, the value of their... Earnings goes up because the currencies that they're mainly collecting their their payments from are in euros or some other currency that is appreciating. So you have lots of ebbs and flows, zigs and zags when it comes to its dividend yield. And remember, it also lots well, of foreign stocks. So most foreign stocks they don't pay quarterly; they typically pay either once or twice a year. It looks like this one pays twice a year in June and then in December. However, June it paid nearly 60 cents per share. And this latest dividend in December was only 31 cents a share. So it's been cut in half. So this is not one of your steady dividend payers. It's all over the map. You're probably going to have to pay some foreign tax as well uh, in regards to this dividend. So it's not clear cut on these four names when it, when it comes to its dividend. Still pays a nice dividend, but not as amazing as it looks. Now I look at it from a perspective of profitability, return of equity is about 13.3%. That's higher than average. I will say that. So it's kind of over earning in the current uh, environment. They do have a decent amount of debt, They're trading at a low multiple. So it is pretty cheap enterprise value, but only about 3.2, which is much lower than uh, long-term and the stock price is improving the technicals are improving so I'm going to give orange kind of a thumbs up but not for the dividend because it's relatively cheap and compared to its history it's a good consistent earner and it's a good allocator of capital and well diversified so uh, I give it a thumbs up once again not because of the dividend now let's make it two in a row from eight to eight ninety nine chart hey Steven Justin Martin Caroline is
3: here uh, I'm uh up on two stocks specifically about 20% in the last three months. AOS and Sunoco. How much room do you think is there uh, left to grow in those? Or you know, should I cut back or sell most of the position? Thanks. Have a good one.
1: Well, I'll quickly address Sunoco. Uh, I, I once again, I like Sunoco, but it's not my favorite within the space. So I would be looking to transition to some other name within the oil patch. Uh, and remember, it's a limited partnership. So you are paying a high tax rate on that, that dividend. Uh, I think there's better options within the space. Now, when it comes to the, what was the other one? Uh, AOS. We actually own that for clients. So we have a value that is higher than here. Uh, Let's see. What's our value. It's closer to $85 per share. We like AOS. Uh, They make water heaters. They mid cap name, just consistently profitable, rose their business over time. Not a huge dividend payer, only 1.8% dividend, but love, love, love the business. So, uh, I would trim or eliminate sunoco and AOS. Now we're heading into a break. Steve Peasley and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love your live calls. So you can call right now on a Best Talk at eight 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 nine nine chart.
3: Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Justin Klein is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Now, my focus point concerns the story behind this question. Are municipal bonds an attractive option for income investors? And I get this a lot because... A lot of, nobody likes to pay uncle, uncle Sam. So finding ways to not send money to the government is something almost every investor is looking for now, last year, municipal bond funds dropped pretty, pretty nicely compared to their, the history of their volatility. And investors in record numbers bailed out of those funds. And this is the main place that people hide out to avoid paying taxes. Now, the average intermediate muni bond fund stands at a 3% yield compared to roughly 1% a little over a year ago. Now, the main reason why prices remained relatively strong within the space was good credit quality. Okay. And the municipal bond index declined 7.2% last year, whereas the U.S. core bond index fell 13%. Now, part of this has to do with duration, Bond index having longer duration typically, and being treasuries. I mean, their yields in general uh, were lower, tax adjusted. Now, net withdrawals within the space were $115 billion, and that was equal to about 11.5% of all money in muni bond funds at the start of 2022. So there's about a trillion dollars in muni bond funds at the start of the year. of that left. So that magnified the losses within the space. Now, muni bonds are free from federal income tax. And if you invest in ones in your own state, you can also avoid state income tax as well. So that's why a lot of people like them over taxable bonds. However, most people overhype them Because, frankly, they don't benefit enough from from them. For example, if the the current, the average intermediate national muni bond fund is offering a yield of about 3% as of January 31st of this year. If you're married, married, filing jointly, and you fall in the 24% tax bracket, that's roughly equal to about a 4% on a taxable bond. Okay. 4% 4% on a taxable bond. You can easily get 5 plus percent right now on a taxable bond. So is 3% really attractive? If you're in the 24% tax bracket, not really. Now let's say you're in the a uh, high tax bracket, the highest tax bracket, 37%. Well, that 3% is effectively 4.8% on a taxable bond. Once again, you can get higher than that in the taxable bond market right now. Now you could say you could add on So you live here in California and you're able to avoid California state tax, that could put you in the 50% tax bracket. And then suddenly that 3% is pretty attractive because effectively it's a 6% yield. And, you know, depending on credit quality, that might be more attractive. So the moral of the story is muni bond funds and muni bonds in general are Almost exclusively a right thing for people in the very highest tax bracket. If you're not in the highest tax bracket, you might as well go buy a taxable bond. Typically. Especially if you're in that 24% tax bracket, a middling tax bracket. There's no There's no comparison. Now, the credit quality within the space has held up. A lot of this has to do with government stimulus, thanks to COVID stimulus packages. Even issuers that typically are pretty bad, like Chicago, they've been upgraded because they got a lot of money from the federal government. And so let's say you you are in the highest tax bracket. Maybe you live in a very high-tax state, California, New York, New Jersey, and you want to take advantage of the bond market, the corporate, the, the, the muni bond market. Well, you can buy individual muni bonds. That's a little more work. But this is actually one area where there's not a lot of index funds. And it actually is beneficial to have a more active approach. That's history says it in that space. And I say this in, there's a lot of slices of the invest, investment market where active management historically has done a lot better. Now, large cap equities, that hasn't typically been the case. But you start going down into the mid and small caps into foreign markets, preferred shares, muni bonds, corporate bonds, et cetera. That's where active management actually is a leg up. And so active management within the bond market and especially the muni market is helpful. So I want to give you that rundown there. Uh, It's always something people talk to me about, but it's rarely right for uh, most, only for those in really, really high tax brackets. Now, the next invest talk, the story behind this question, or this headline, the labor market, looking at the big picture. Big tech, finance, and manufacturing are all cutting jobs. And some analysts think that there will be a ripple effect. You worried? We'll talk about that tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein and ready to take your questions live at 888 99 Chart.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
3: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART.
1: We're going to go talk to Dan in San Diego, looking at Two Harbors Investment Corp. TWO. This is a mortgage REIT. Let me guess. You're chasing that dividend. No. No.
0: Okay. Let's hear it. But that was going to be part of the question. Okay. Um, I've followed TWO for quite a while, and it seems to be pretty solid. But that dividend seems pretty high right now. Do you think it's sustainable, or what do you think?
1: Absolutely not. No. This is
0: Okay.
1: No, this is, you're chasing the dividend. (laughs) You just, you said no, but it sounds like you are. Right? Because you're wondering about the dividend.
0: Am I right? I'm wondering about it, yes. That's why I'm calling you and asking you about it instead of just going ahead and buying it. Yeah,
1: so this is, the average return equity over the last five years is negative 3%.
0: Negative
1: 3%. Okay. This is a company that just issues more shares, pays out a dividend, and you're taxed on it. It's giving your own money back. It's shares outstanding. have gone from 149 million shares. Actually, let me go all the way back. Let me go max. It's 2009. That's 16 million shares outstanding. You want to know what it had right before the split? Three, reverse split, excuse me. Three hundred and forty-five million shares outstanding. So this isn't paying you a dividend. All it's doing is paying you back your money, and then you're taxed on it. Because all it's doing is diluting you, the shareholder. So is the dividend sustainable? Yes. But the the stock price is going to just going to keep going down. Right, because they're just going to issue more shares, dilute you, the shareholder. The stock price peaked out back in 2013, around eighty-six dollars per share. Now it's at seventeen. This is the antithesis of good corporate management and a good investment. And I constantly say. On air, nearly every day, don't chase the dividend. Focus on good businesses that have good cash flows, that are buying back shares, not issuing more shares, that are raising its dividend consistently over time. This has been cutting its dividend consistently over time. The was is paying back in 2011, $3.20. Now it's at 60 cents. It needs to be going the other way. And this is exactly what I talk about, is why everyone chases the dividend. And they ignore the fundamentals of the business and good capital allocation. Investing isn't about the dividend. Investing is about the business. Remember, you're investing in the business. You need to own quality businesses. Many companies can play financial shenanigans to pay out a cash flow over time. But if the business doesn't support it, it's not sustainable. It's going to get cut over time. This is, in a way, kind of a Ponzi scheme. Right? It needs to issue more shares in order to keep paying out the dividend. And this is why people get caught up in Ponzi schemes. Because they don't understand where the cash flow is coming from. If you're going to buy a business, you need to know how they make money, why they make money, what their margins are, how sustainable it is. Not just papering over all these cracks with, hey, look at this shiny dividend. It's the fastest way to lose money is to Take your eye off the ball and get distracted by the shiny object. Don't be distracted by the shiny object. Whether that's an exciting story or a big juicy dividend. Pay attention to the reality of the business. That's what investing is. And I see this mistake all the time, even though I talk about it all the time, people still are distracted by the shiny object. So no, two Harbors Investment Corp is not a good investment. Now let's touch a bit on the market shifts over the past couple of weeks. And this is the shift in expectations for Fed policy. And you can see this playing out in a few parts of the market. One is just simply treasury rates. The 10-year has gone from about 3.3% at the beginning of the month to 3.8% today. Nearly up 50 basis points in just a span of two weeks. And this is because there's been a pretty strong shift to where the market is is expecting rates to go over the next eight to 10 months. Current derivative markets are showing that the Fed funds rate is expected to peak at five and a quarter percent in August and end the year right around 5.1%. So a modest chance of a, Small rate cut by the end of the year, but that's a big difference from where we were at the beginning of the, of the of the month, where it was expected the Fed funds rate to go to between five and three quarters sorry four and three quarters and five percent, and sorry cut by mid year by fifty basis points in the back half. So the market got ahead of itself. And this is why the market is likely in this more range-bound environment. Because the market goes up too much. That helps the economy as a whole. It keeps unemployment down. Job creation relatively strong. And what's the Fed going to do? It's going to keep kind of hiking until something breaks. And so... That's why I've been telling clients, I've been telling you guys, we're kind of in a choppy market near term. There's a lot of bullish action. But for this year, it's probably not going to be a trending market. There's going to be a lot of vacillating between optimism and pessimism. Started the year with some more optimism, but that brings tighter liquidity conditions, higher interest rates, more of a drag on the economy, and the market start, starts pricing that in. So, the most likely scenario now is a pair of additional rate hikes in both for the next two Fed meetings. And then the June one is about a 50 50 odds of another rate hike. And two year Treasuries went from 4.62% on Wednesday to the highest level since November. And the six-year, six year, six month, excuse me, T bill went up above 5%, the highest level since 2007. Now the general positive takeaway, though, from the bond market is that credit spreads haven't widened out. They've actually dropped to the lowest level since April. So the corporate bond market, which was pretty attractive back in the fall, we were telling clients like, "If you want to lock in seven, seven half percent, it's pretty good." We're getting some some issues up close to eight. Now it's closer to seven, still nice, but the spread compared to Treasuries is a lot lower. The Federal Reserve's Bank of New York's corporate bond market distress index fell to a seven-month low. And that's just an indication that, yeah, the economy is relatively strong, and the Fed will continue to probably hike as long as nothing breaks. And so far, nothing has broken. Now, this is stock Let's keep things moving and pivot to the stock Voice Bank at 888.99 chart.
0: Hey, guys, uh James from Washington State here. Just looking at a stock, wanted to get your input on it, uh, ticker is MPW, Medical Properties Trust. It's a REIT. Dropped recently. It's it's really low compared to its high, down around $12, which is a five or six PE. Just wondering what you guys' thoughts are on that. There's a little bit of news lately that I think has brought it down to a more reasonable price, but just wondering if you guys think that has legs to run. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.
1: Uh, I've been saying this for a while. Medical Properties Trust looks like a big value trap. I believe they have uh, one of their biggest tenants is going bankrupt, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, they have a lot of issues with their tenants uh, and their earnings. continues to go down. So it's been down 21% this year, another, down another 2% next year. And analysts continue to downgrade those earnings. And you're probably looking at that eight percent dividend yield. But as I said before... Sustainability is everything. And if their earnings continue to fall, that's going to mean a dividend cut. And so I would not be buying medical properties. Trust. Technically, though, I will say it is improving as of late, but I don't trust the underlying fundamentals. So I'm going to pass on MPW. But there's no denying that we're in a new market environment and time is marching on. And serious investors understand they need to adjust their thinking, their strategies to fit these times. And you know, eventually retirement will come. And the question is, are you prepared for that day? To create a comfortable financial future for yourself. Do you have the updated strategies for your portfolios that fit your goals, fit your risk tolerance levels, etc.? Well, if you need help understanding that, building a financial plan, an uh, investment strategy, I encourage you to reach out to myself or they at our company, KPP Financial, which is based in, we're based in Irvine, California. If you don't know where that is, that's uh, Orange County, a little bit south of Los Angeles. And at KPP Financial, we operate with the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success. And we practice parallel investing, which means you invest right alongside our clients. So... If you want to set up a free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting, just head over to investtalk.com and click on the portfolio review uh, button and you can fill that out and we'll get to you quickly. Or you can call our office, 800 557 5461. We'd love to help you. And the sooner you connect with us, the sooner we can get your portfolio optimized. Now, next up, we'll play another voice bank question from 888 99 Chart. Mark
3: your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar, Value Investing, Positioning Your Portfolio for Profitability, Relative Price, and Dividend Payments. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about the new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. It's free, and you can register now at investtalk.com. Hello. I just have a question about the um, stock symbol
1: WIN.
2: I own it. It's been on a good run. I'm wondering if it's
1: time to sell. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Looking at WIN W-I- W-Y-N-N, excuse me. And it has been on a good run. A lot of this has to do with the reopening of China. And... Obviously the business struggled during COVID because a zero COVID policy. And now that's kind of reopening. It's up big. And I agree this is getting ahead of itself, especially with the geopolitical problems in China, the demographic shift in China. Remember this is mainly, I know there's wind in Las Vegas and the encore in Las Vegas, but most of their earnings and revenue comes from Macau. And, You've had this rally. A lot of this is short covering rally. Earnings uh, next year is supposed to be four dollars per share, but it's at one hundred eight dollars. So is it really worth uh, you know twenty high twenty multiple? Probably not, especially with revenue last quarter down five percent year over year. Uh, and so I'm going to say this is a time to trim your position, if not eliminate. Thanks for the call. Now. The market had a rough year last year, and about 90% of investors in 401k style retirement plans, so we're talking about TSPs, 403Bs, et cetera, and these are the ones that were administered by the Vanguard Group. So this is uh, an overview of what happened at Vanguard and their participants. 90% of those maintained or increased their savings rate in 2022. Only about 10% cut their savings rate. That's pretty impressive. And trading activity fell to a two decade low among participants who manage their own investments, meaning not just in you know, a target date fund, which granted two thirds of most 401k assets are in those targeted funds. So after the break, I'm gonna dig into the details a little bit more of how Americans dealt with the downturn in equities within their retirement plans. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here each and every weekday, which is to help you take that next step in your journey towards financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888 99 Shark.
3: Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there. Take strategy and discipline. Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, eight 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 ninety nine
1: chart. Now for the break, I touched a bit on how ninety percent of four hundred and one k investors at Vanguard, at least, maintain their savings rate in twenty twenty two, and but however, in recent months, credit card balances have gone up. People are showing a little more. Signs of financial stress. Uh, but the unemployment re- rate remains relatively low. Average hourly earnings for private sector workers were up 4.6% in December. And luckily, employers aren't showing signs of cutting contributions they make to their employees' 401k accounts either. So it also reflects on the quality of businesses and the fact that they're not cutting uh, their contribution. Now, last year, nine percent of workers with 401k accounts at Vanguard scaled back their savings rate from the previous year. That's a slight increase from the 7% who did in 2020. 2020, uh, yeah, 2021. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so there's always a percentage, and it was up 2% year over year. So not a lot. Now At the end of last year, people in Vanguard... Administered 401k plans held 74% of their assets in stocks. That's up from 72% in 2020, 2020. So even though the market was down, participants didn't really sell. There was no panic there. And you can look at, you can obviously look at that however you want, but it's a good stat to understand that they're not reducing their allocation. Now you could say, well, that's good. They're, they're, have a steady hand, you also could say, hey, what happens if they do sell, right? You had a bad year and you didn't have it compounded by selling of of assets and reducing their equity exposure. Now, 6% of participants who manage their own 401k investments transfer money from one fund to another last year. That's down from 8% in 2021. So maybe a lot of people didn't want to take their losses Right, lock in those losses. Remember, there's no tax advantage in taking losses in a 401k. So that could be a big reason. So interesting stats that we saw there. Now let's go to Alberto and San Jose looking at AMBKY. AMBKY. Yes, hello, Justin. Yes. Oh, AMKBY. So this, uh, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah,
0: I can hear you.
1: So you're looking at AP Muller Mersk. This is the shipping company? Yep. That's what it looks like. Okay. That is
3: correct. I, I, I know it's one of the largest ones out there. Uh, I've had it for a while. I know it's down. Uh, should I continue to hold on to it? I know that a lot of uh, headwinds with China. So uh, can, you, can you just let me know what your thoughts are?
1: The technicals look pretty poor. Its free cash flow is pretty large this is an interesting one. It's kind of all over the place. These, these are tough because it's uh, it's a foreign name and you don't really it's o- over the counter so you don't get a lot of clear data because it's not required of them. you know when it's uh, stocks trading on the OTC market the requirements for reporting and auditing are not nearly as strong as if you're listed on the NASDAQ or uh, the NYC et etc. Now, this company has been around a long time, 1904, but the shipping industry is notoriously cyclical and this had a big boom during COVID, but it's been in a downtrend ever since. And I don't see anything turning this around technically. So I think you should move on. I really do. I think it's uh, uh, the slowdown and a lot of this is mean reverting. This has been trading in a very large trading range for really the last 10 years. And right now it's right in the middle of that trading range and looks headed to the low end of that trading range, which would be right around five bucks. Now it's at 11. So I would I would move on. Uh, I think there's better use of our capital in today's market. Thanks for the call, Alberto. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime, as always, at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And we've now crossed, crossed the 49.8 million download mark thanks to you. Independent thinking, shared success. This Invest Talk. Good
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial.